Hey, uh, welcome everybody to another edition of Beyond the Booth with Phil Harris and Randall Cunningham. And I won't delay with a big intro tonight. I'll go straight to my partner, Phil Harris, here, as we've got a very special guest tonight. Phil, why don't you bring guests in and uh, bring Coach in, and it, it's a special honor. All right, with us is Coach Paul Benefield. Uh, Coach, thanks for taking time out to, to be with us tonight. I know it's a busy week. It's championship week, and a lot of things are going on. But uh, we want to congratulate you again. Uh, this is the eighth time in the last 10 years your team has made it to the finals. And, and you know, you can't say enough about the kids because, you know, I, I won't say this team overachieved, but this team had a lot of question marks going into the season. And, you know, you really didn't know how this team was going to go. Or... That's true. It has been a manic Monday up to, for sure, today. A lot, a lot of things going on. But, um, yeah, it was. I mean, I, I really think they have overachieved. Uh, I think any time you play four freshmen on both sides and a sophomore, most on the offense that it's you're overachieving to, to uh, be where we are today. We didn't really expect to. Uh, we thought we'd have to cook another year and, and uh, get a little bit older and bigger and stronger to next year. But but we uh, we made it. Yeah, I, you know, I guess you know the young guys stepping up. Of course, you have you know you've got a good nucleus of upper class that you know of course led this team. Uh, but what you know, what I want to talk about, you know, Coach, too, is kind of start out. You know, you know, it's great to get to a state championship game, and everybody's kind of going to come back and say, "Well, if I see there again," but people don't realize how difficult it is to maintain uh, that excellence at the you know at the level five plays at because everybody's a after you. You know, you get to that mountain; it's tough to stay on that mountain. Well, that's exactly right. I've got to give our kids a lot of credit for coming in and keeping focused on what we need to do off season and summer. And they just uh, they never get get tired of it, I guess. And you know, I I just uh, I ride the bus, and enjoy enjoy watching them play. They play hard and 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 they play physical and and have had some good leadership and. With their older guys, and you know, it's just been a, it's been a whirlwind. I was just thinking, it's been four months since we started practice, and, and uh, we've made made a lot of improvements. I know, and but people are beat up, and I'm sure both sides are. And kids playing 14 games, it'll get you beat up. And a kid like Tucker Wilkes that plays every play for sure. Yeah, definitely for certain. For certain. Well, Coach, just look back just a little bit. Your semifinal win over Piz the second time you played them. And you talked about, you know, it's been a rough ride because this team played a very difficult schedule. You saw Piz twice, Sylvania, Geraldine, uh, you know, even Locust Fort had a good football team. So, you, you know, I haven't seen anybody really uh, that you would call you would sneeze at. But Friday night, you kind of went into this game really not knowing what you were going to get. You saw – Pisgah with Mason Holcomb healthy in the middle part of the season, but he was out Friday night, and I guess you really didn't know for sure that was going to be until you saw him Friday not dressed. Uh, but, you know, I guess you had to prepare for in case he did play, in case he did not play, 
But you know, it's tough, it's tough to uh, prepare for a team when you don't really know what they're going to do. That's exactly right. Last year, the same thing. When we went to Tesco, you know, he was hurt, and, and uh, the Gilbert boy played quarterback that night. And, and you know, it's a different style. Both of them really good, and, and uh, really good athletes, and can throw it and run it. And, and uh, you know, we had a had a tough time chasing two weeks in a row. You know, with local short quarterback. And Pittsburgh's uh, quarterback has just been a rat race the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, you know, in the game against Pittsburgh in the first half, it was definitely a defensive struggle. They came to play on yeah. defense. I know they held you guys to about 95 yards at halftime. And, uh, of course, you know, they really didn't get their footing, you know, implanted until the second half. Uh, but both teams, I think, kind of sort of executed better in the second half, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, this game really was a lot closer than the score indicates. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. And, uh, I told the kids before the game, I'm going to have to quit saying stuff like this. I said, you know, what kind of game this is going to be? It, it might not be a thing like the last one. I said, it could be a 14, 16 to 8 game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could very well could have been. But, uh, you know, it's more my liking of a game than the other one where everybody's running up down the field. But, um, but you know they did come to play, and, uh, and coaches had them ready to go, and uh, as it should be in the semifinals. And so um, you know, proud of my guys for you know being ready to go too. And uh, it's a physical game. Yeah, of course, Logan Anderson had another great night. You know, it seems like he gets better as the game wars on. Maybe your offensive line kind of wears down the defense, and he just seems to get stronger and stronger. You know, I heard guys on radio talking about one time, here he is, runs play after play after play, and when you, when they run out on the field, he's the first one to get hugged. So, you know, it just seems like his energy level never stops. Yeah, he's he is, uh, he's really special. You know, like, like I said, him and uh, Tucker Wilkes and Simon Hicks hardly, hardly ever get to come off the field. We've tried to rest Logan some, had not run the ball, but. Gosh, our Simon Hicks playing and done a great job blocking for Logan and Tucker too, of course. But and then Simon playing middle linebacker, running running people down every place. So that's kind of like running the ball too. But those are those guys are really really played well. Well, coach, something I want to touch on. You know, this is really you know I, you know I'm not really patting you on the back, but I'm patting kind of the program on the back. You know, several years ago, you know, it seemed like teams around here, we'd get to the first and second round of the playoffs. We were all gone. You know, we'd get against these athletic teams, and we didn't fare very well. But, you know, it seems like you kind of went back to the drawing board, changed things a little bit, and then all of a sudden, five gets real competitive and starts, you know, making deep runs in the playoffs. But, you know, I think five kind of set that bar uh, because now we're seeing a lot of other programs around our area. You know, for example, Geraldine, Sylvania, Pisgah have had great years the last two years. You know, I think setting that bar high has brought a lot of the teams up to that standard also. But because it, it seems like Fife has made everybody else better around this area. Well, I think that's true. And, and I think uh, they've made us better by, you know, Geraldine, Sylvania, but you know, becoming good as what they are, and that helps us get better. And of course, Pisgah too. We hadn't played Pisgah a lot in the last uh, ten years, but we played Geraldine every year. And 
they've always stepped up and played us. And so uh, I just, uh, I think you're right. I think, it, and another thing, just people look at, look at us, say, hey, there's hope. If you work, you, we can make it too. So it gives everybody a little bit of uh, confidence. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think everybody uses the five things a measuring stick of, you know, where we want to be. And, uh, you know, I think it's made a lot of things better. Well, Coach, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about the young men on your football team, you know, especially those unsung, unsung guys up front. You know, we talk about the Caden Sharps and the uh, Tyler Wilkes and Logan Anderson and Ryder Gibson. We hear those names a lot. But, you know, the guys up front have made the difference for this football team. Yeah, our uh, defensive line, uh, Anthony Mills, played really well. He's 155 pounds in the middle of all that stuff in there, uh, banging and, and bouncing around. And, and uh, he's, he's played really well, and along with Tucker Wilkes, of course. And Holden Smith is a guy that, that you don't think does anything. You get the stat sheet and you make six or seven tackles. And, and of course, Caleb Mitchell has uh, done the same thing. And, and then my freshman is, of course, Gibson. And, and then Weston Evans played a lot. And Jay Carter-Lyles and those guys have started on the offensive line, too. And um, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Gus Fowler's played a lot. Ninth grader. And, I mean, it's just uh, it's done things you're not supposed to do with ninth graders and tenth graders playing. Uh, Noah Glenn's tenth grader that starts on the offensive line, so. Um, Jacob Butts played some offensive line, and so has uh, Levi O'Connor. He's a senior. But uh, it's just been amazing. And we've we struggled. Uh, Everett D. Boards played in the secondary all year, and uh, Bryce Tetherow. And so it's just uh, people hadn't, you know, hadn't been starting. And, I've tried to get better, you know. We it, it's ugly sometimes. And we give up some yardage, but we've uh, we've uh, got the job done in, in in most of the games. Yeah, of course, you know, and, and you know that's an achievement. You know, like you talk about people like you know, for sure, Tucker Wilkes. You know, he and and Blake Dobbins. I forgot <laughs> Blake Dobbins, Blake had a quarterback, and, and this yeah. plays free safety, and uh, he's really improved on defense. Yeah, and he's a ninth grader also. And no, Blake's a he's not. Grader. Oh, he's a left grader. Okay. Okay. And me, of course, you know, and Tucker, you know, Wilkes, you know, you, you mentioned him. You know, I think he was, he had an all-state player as a freshman. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. You know, he's kind of, you know, he's as important up front as Logan Anderson is on the back end. Uh, you know, these two, you know, you know, are really two guys you can really count on. You got that right. He is one of the best, uh, if not the best, lineman, the highest motor player and every play and just a great kid and it's just an honor and a pleasure to uh, be able to coach somebody like him because it's been a long season coaching you know you know once again this team you know beats Pizz to 32 14 on friday now it's time to go to tuscaloosa you know everybody knows that playing for a state championship is special and then you get to go down to bryant denny but the state makes this special for the kids you know Oh, no, you know, you guys prepare them. They work all summer. But when you get to this point, the kids are the ones or the players are the ones that make or break the season. They're the ones that make it happen. 
So it needs to be special for them when they go to the finals. What does the state do to make it special for them? Kind of roll out the red carpet, kind of go through what championship means, what they're going to go through, what they're going to see. Well, no doubt that we want this week to be special. And, and it's just something that if you take a kid like Ryder Gibson's already, if we make till Friday, we'll, he's played in two state championship games as an app grader at and a lot of us guy, old guys lived their whole life and just dreamed of making it to a state game. But they try to, they do make it special. You know, uh, we go down on Thursday and, and uh, you know, it's just a fun time, you know, of uh, planning all the meals and just, I guess, being away from home, seeing things they hadn't saw and get to see the stadium Alabama plays in. And, and of course, you know, uh, that's that's special with it, you know, without saying anything else. And, but um, and you know, when you go to Auburn, all the people host the game is just try to try to make it the greatest experience for kids can have. And it's just uh, you know, it, it it is it's hard to enjoy. I know someday I look back and wish I'd enjoyed it more, but. It's hard too when you're trying to plan a game and you want to, yeah. you want to do your best to win the game too. But you know, there's no losers that go to this yeah. game at all, and and so uh, just really proud of our kids and our community. I hope they understand what's going on right now is unique and special, and it's just something that's never happened this long a time. And you know, when you start thinking about Hazelwood and Hoover and people like that that's, that's made as many trips like this as we have. A lot of the teams that, you know, I'm sure I forgot, but still, it's just awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Can you have probably one of the examples you probably think about is Sweetwater. They're one that seems to be there. Yeah. Cortland, you know, Sweetwater. Uh, yeah. All those. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, but, yeah, you know, and, there's, and I know there's a lot of distractions. And I know the coach's job is to kind of you minimize that and, you know, keep the players focused on, you know, you've got a game to play. But, you know, this is what this is about. It's about, you know, high school football, it's important to win and it's nice to win state championships. But the biggest thing is for the kids that play for you, you want them to leave with great memories uh, because, you know, the special relationships, that's what makes winning a state championship special. I remember when we won it, uh, I mean, I can remember my last time walking off the field, it was kind of disheartening, you know, hey, this is the last time I put this uniform on. And then you get to thinking, it goes off, well, that's what that's really not what this is about. This is about the relationships, the memories, you know, and about where you got down in the trenches with the guy next to you and made things happen. That's the special part of all this. That's right. And uh, just relationships with the players and, and other coaches. It's just amazing the number of coaches that I'm really good friends with now that just because of the meetings in Montgomery and and uh, we gripe about having to drive, but man, it's just so special to to go and, and see so many people that you that you know you never would have met without <laughs> football and, and it, it really is something special. I really don't know if the kids realize that they will someday i think some of my guys it's getting close to their middle 30s and 40s are understand understanding you know maybe 
how how really special it has been in the last twenty years, in fact. Yeah, it de- you know it definitely is. You know, twenty two years actually. Yeah, you know, and most people, you know, you know, Fife has has been kind of a major stick in the bell count. Some people say. I wish Fife could get back. You know, I've heard that story. Yeah, but you have to respect. You have to respect what that program's done. And you know, it's like when when y'all won Team of the Week, I walked into the gym and see all those blue trophies sitting there. And the first thing that popped in my head is how many students, players, coaches were involved in those championships. It changes a lot of lives. Yes, it, it does, and we hope that it's made a difference in a good way that, that there's something they got from it that, that still, you know, still comes out in them somehow, some way, and that, to not give up, not to quit. And it's just uh, something that you, you hope all of them, and you can't reach them all, I know, but try to, you know, if you just go out and, and live a good life and not, um, handle your problems in the right way and and not just uh you know crawl in a bottle or take a pill or something to make everything better that's not they don't make anything better yeah you're exactly right you want to walk away from playing football with the chest held high you know and it's like when coach kirby called me when i went through my liver transplant it was still you're going to be fine because what you learn from competitive sports is not get too high not get too low just keep pushing forward and you'll be fine. You know, and I think that's what sports teaches you. Yeah, that's right. It sure does. And it's just a, I love about it. It's an equalizer. And it don't matter uh, how much money you got, what color you are, it don't matter anything. But when you get on that field, everybody's the same. Yeah, definitely. So, and you were talking about, you know, I want to bring this up because I last time I talked to Coach Ergen William, I know. You and you and him are real good friends, and we were yeah. talking about you know some of your name come up when we were talking, and he was talking about that you and him had rode together several times down to uh, Montgomery and gotten to be close friends. He goes, but you know that guy haunts me. He said he beats me every time. I said it don't matter where I go. When we go to three A, he haunts me. When we go back down to two A, he haunts me. And he said he was just he was just laughing at, it. but he you know he just has the utmost respect for you and thanks the world. Well, I do him too. We uh, we hunted together and and uh, just just have a good relationship. And we don't that don't matter to me who wins. I'm sure he'd <laughs> like to beat me more than anybody in the world. And, and uh, that's that's all right too. That's what he's supposed to think and work for. But you know. Uh, at the end of the day, none of that matters. Oh, definitely so. Yeah, you know, it's all, you know, it's all about these kids that play for you. Well, Coach, tell us a little bit about Real Town. You know, we know about we knew about BB Comer. We saw them last year, and I had a guy tell me back during the regular season. He said, "Don't be surprised if Real Town don't beat BB Comer in the playoffs." And that's who the championship team of the North may end up playing, and it turned out to be true. Tell us a little bit about Real Town. Yeah, he's right. Whoever you're talking to, they're really good. We got Steve in uh, backfield and receivers, and just uh, big across the front, and you know a lot more older type eleventh, twelfth grade kids, and they got a couple of young ones playing. But uh, you know, it's it's what you would expect if you go play a state championship game. You you're gonna get your nose skit and. Uh, 
so we know what kind of football they played in the, in the past, and, and uh, they've got great tradition at, at Real Town, and, and we hope we do, and we're going to have to play really well to, to make a show and to even keep it close. So, so that's what we we will try to do is just, just play each play and not worry about the big picture. Yeah, definitely so. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the way it was last year. You had to play, play after play after play. That B.B. Comer would not go away. Uh, so, yeah, it just seemed like you just never could get a handle on them. Uh, but you had to play keep away. And of course, that's a tribute to the kids. Child of them. They just kept, and my wife even, and she, you know, she's learned a lot about football. And she goes, Phil, I don't understand it. She says, B.B. Comer knows what's coming, but they can't stop it. I said, honey, they're catching blocks. And I said, when you catch blocks, five's getting four and five yards of carry. And I said, they're going to get first downs. And I said, they'll come off and, and break off of a block and make a big play every once in a while. But five on the other three downs is gaining four or five yards. And I said, they keep getting first downs. And as she watched it, she understood. Uh, and that's how important it is up front on the offensive line. And, that you know, that's kind of the bell cow, your football team. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, uh, you got to do with what you got the best you can do with it. That's the only way we could stay in the game with athletes like that is, is keep the ball, let the air out of it, and not let them have it. So uh, it, it worked out this time. You know, it don't always work out like that. But, um, but it did that night, and that was uh, just a uh, great win for us. Of course, like you joked about before, I remember during media days, the one thing you had them on, they didn't know if he was going to go left or right. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, there's just three or four places you can go. And then just football is a simple sport. Just some of us make it look too complicated. And, and, but it's really simple. It's can you tackle the other guy and can you block that guy and play with a great effort? That's just. Uh, that's what we try to do every week. Like I said, it don't always work, but a lot of times it does. Yeah, that's kind of like when I watch – I don't watch much football on TV. I like to go see games live because when you watch these guys on TV, they try to analyze stuff too much and make yeah. a simple game complicated. It's not that complicated, uh, but they make it sound like it is. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's but, right. but they, you know, they've got to sell commercial time and all that good stuff, so that's how they do it. Well, Coach, you know – you know, to maintain the program you've had, there's a lot more than just your staff, your coach, your players. You know, there's a lot of people involved, the community, uh, the band, the cheerleaders. Everybody has a part in this. You know, I know, and I know you appreciate every aspect of it. You know, even the dad that has to um, park cars and take up money and miss his kickoff. You know, it, there's a lot of sacrifices involved in being successful in a football program. That's exactly right, and uh, they have to sometimes, you know, kids have to learn uh, the way it's going to be, whether it's being unselfish, doing what you can do for the team, and and our parents are the same way. They sacrifice a lot of time, just like you said. Somebody's got to work the concession stand. They, uh, they have to do all that and, and try to see their kids play. And it's just a uh, sacrifice for a lot of people. Like you said, the band, the cheerleaders, and the parents, and the administration, everybody is is involved, teachers. That's one of my favorite times of the year to get to do this. I know a lot of people don't know this 
about the championship games, but you get to invite four of uh, work personnel, teachers, bus drivers, uh, custodians, whatever, within the school to go out with the coin toss and be honorary captains. That's great. And that's just been real special to people that you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even think how, how much they really enjoy that, being out on the field. And they lock arms with the kids. And, you know, a lot of them teachers that maybe taught them in elementary. And, and it's just it's pretty special. Yeah, you know, and I know it is, and you know, and that, and then you, and at the end of the day, you root for these, you know, these kids because you know, I don't care. Being in media as long as I've been, I root for the kids. I don't care what color they wear. You know, I just like to be, you know, be successful. And Jeff was talking about us this year about when we had our last school board Friday night. That this is probably the best year we've had around here and we probably had the most fun i've been at it 16 years at qsb and this was probably the most fun because we had so many teams and you know and what makes high school football great is it's community oriented and i think like maybe sometimes in big cities and also over in georgia a lot of teams are you know it's not about the community anymore we're in alabama high school football is community driven yeah that's right and I know the big schools, you know, it's just hard. The schools are not as close, and the kids, you know, don't really know each other sometimes, and there's so many different sports going so many different directions. It's just uh, hard to keep everybody together and, and focused on on the direction they need to go. But it's uh, special to small schools for sure, and I'm sure it is everywhere, but I have to pick the one. Bigger Pennsylvania's. And so I don't, I don't know, but I can't see it being much more, more special than the smaller communities where everybody knows one another and help each other raise your kids. Yeah, I just hope that you know it continues to be this way. I'd hate for us to start, you know, and they've talked about in the past about combining schools. I'd hate to see that happen because I think, uh, you know, like I live in Valley Head and the school is the central part of this town. You know, uh, the football program is the central part of this town. You take that away and combine schools, I think you take a lot away from the community. Yes, you do. It's just uh, maybe maybe we won't have to deal with that, but it wouldn't shock me if we did. Yeah, that's true. Well, Coach, I want to ask you this one thing. I think Randy may have a couple of questions for you. You know, now that, of course, you've retired basically from teaching you now just you know mainly full-time coaching are you do you enjoy coaching a lot more now that you've kind of gotten away from the everyday work schedule uh you seem to enjoy it more uh i think i do um i'm high today of course i still do the weight room i would i wouldn't have a team that i wasn't in the weight room involved with there and it just uh you know of course I lived. I don't live but two miles from the school, so yeah. eight times I'd go up there in the morning this time of year, of course, watch film. It's been a little easier on me. You know, I don't have to stay after school or after practice and watch film. I can watch it all morning and then have my classes in, in the afternoon, the weightlifting. And, and everybody does it different. Some of them does it in the morning and they're, they're off, but I can run home, eat lunch if I wanted to, and go check my cows or whatever I wanted to do. But, uh, Get some errands run. Sometimes I'm a grocery shopper on, on my off period. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's been different, but yeah, I think I've enjoyed it. 
a little bit more, just not having to go to all the meetings and things. But I guess that goes back to where you, you're, you're the boss at a football program, but at home you're not necessarily the boss. No, I'm not the boss at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, well, you know, uh, after all these years, she's finally taught me exactly how it is, and this has been good advice for lots of husbands. What's hers is hers, and what's mine is hers. Yeah. And when you get that straight, you got it made. Yeah, yeah, hey, I understand that. I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. I understand you. I get away with high school school board on Friday nights. My wife, you know, she calls herself a widow on Friday night. But, you know, after that's over with, which I just finished last week, uh, I'm hers again. And I have to, you know, and I have to play by the rules again. I don't get to walk nights. That's right. That's right. That's right. So it's amazing the way it is. Well, Coach, you know, one more thing. I, I meant to ask you about this earlier, but when it gets this late in the season, I mean, you're about as good as you're going to get. You've blocked, you've tackled, you've done all those things. Do you try to get the kids on and off the field as quick as you can? Because uh, as quick as you can and, and mainly working on timing and game planning for the other team. Because, you know, this late in the year, you want to keep these kids fresh, more, you know, more or less mentally fresh, uh, to not where they are not just absorbed with football all the time. Oh, absolutely. We, uh, we're we on at 3 o'clock, daylight today, and uh, we're gone 4.15, and that's probably a lot faster than a lot of people, but we uh, we just uh, feel like right now I need to get them off the feet and get them rested up, and they don't know what to do by now, and probably not not much purpose in staying out there to show them again, but, you know, might be some little new something you want to do for a team, but... You know, it's just uh, on and off, and just like you said, I, I, you know, we still have them come in and watch film and work out in the afternoon on Sunday, but it's uh, just trying to stay in routine. They'd, they'd be mad at me if they didn't get to come work out on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, they kind of get used to that. I mean, it's hard work on them. But I think after a while, it's just kind of part of that routine, and they miss that if they don't have it, you know. Well, yeah, and yeah, and the workout kind of revives you a little bit, too, and gets that soreness out of you and makes you feel better. So, uh, yeah, and of course, you know, these kids mad at me if we, if it jinxed us, we didn't have, we don't meet every Sunday, but most of the time during the season we do. Some some weeks we don't, and we're going to be out of school during the week. But, but uh, yeah, they, they're, uh, they're up in their routine now. they got to do everything the same way, and keep the luck going yeah that's definitely you know of course a lot of these you know a lot of these games are won in that weight room that's where it starts uh you know in, in the off especially in the off-season program because uh, you, you know because i'm sure weight training is important diet's important sleep's important there's a lot of things that go into a successful program and you know and everybody has to follow that i mean because you see at the college level they have dietitians so you know how important diet is Oh yeah, it's a it's a third of, of what everything you do. You rest, and two thirds of it is is up to them, and uh, that's where the problem comes in. Sometimes you work out, that's up to me. But there, I can help a little bit in nutrition, but I can't help with getting them into bed at night. And uh, parents have to do that. Of course, we know that's not always the case. Of these days, they get their phone and go in there and act like they're sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they have, have a lot. rest. 
Yeah, definitely. You are correct. Randy, is there any questions you want to ask, Coach? Well, before I ask a question, we got one that's been emailed in, Phil, from, 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 from I believe someone Coach knows. Uh, Howie Cheney wanted to know why Coach didn't get a big, bigger clipboard so he wouldn't have to run the same old plays over and over again. <laughs> oh, Coach, if you want to address that one for Howie to start with? That'd be good. I'll, I'll, I was afraid when you said the word Howie that something was coming in the air in the air tonight. <laughs> yeah. um, well, Howie, I, you know, man, he got to give me a break. We threw thirty-two passes this year. I don't know what he expects, but uh, I'm working on uh, some new ways to block play. So you know that that work. That's just like throwing a pass. It's just find some way to to block a play a little bit different. So. Uh, you just tell Howie to keep rooting for the Falcons and not be worried about fighting. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll pass that along, Coach. Uh, I did have a, a couple of questions. We'll let you get out of here, Coach. Well, I was talking to Jeremy Johnson, who was on – he's on your – the WFUN team that does your games every week. And he was – he kept talking about your willingness to play young people. Are they a level of – Coach is going to play young people and build the program around those young people, but you got to accept certain things happen when you play freshman and sophomore. Yeah, I hadn't really done that as much as seems like the past few years, and I've had some. And I and I think maybe the the weight room is allowing kids to grow up quicker and to be strong enough to compete. But one thing I really don't talk about. And, I mean, I know I said it tonight, so I'm about ninth graders, but I really don't talk to them about not being able to compete against older guys. You know, it, it, it is what it is, and we're not going to make an excuse out of it, and even though it might be an excuse. But uh, it's just uh, one of those things, that, and I and I say this all the time, if you're a bad dog, you're about when you're a puppy. So, you know, go out there and compete as you get strong, get to experience. And... and uh, I don't. It don't matter to me what grade they're in if they can compete and want to compete, and they're not scared to. You know, I have had some young kids that you put in, and you see right off that they're a little bit scared, and you know you want to pull them out then. But um, it just at the end of the day, you no, know, the headlines, the paper won't say Fife does this with, uh, and the underline says four freshmen playing, so nobody cared. They just. Most people just want to see five get beat. And, yeah, they do. Uh, and I can't have that. Uh, they don't. They don't know our kids very well. You know, it's all right. They don't like me, but you know, if they knew our kids and, and how they act on the field, I don't. I don't know how they could pull against them, but I know they still do. But but that's all right. That's just part of it. Well, coach, I wanted to ask you, and we'll let you get off here after this question. I know Logan last year during the Super 7 and during the last of the playoff run was hurt. And, and I saw you in an interview talk about, or maybe I read it, that Logan was going to get back to get to play in the game and stuff. How special is it for Logan Anderson to get to go after last year and play in this game? Well, I'm, you know, a competitor, you know, it breaks his heart when he's seeing everybody out there playing especially on the fact last year we won and and celebrating and all that. It's just, you know, you feel like an outsider. And I know I, 
I was hurt, was injured, and every football player probably has been and have to miss the game. It don't seem too bad during the week, but now when Friday night rolls around, it's not much fun. But uh, and I'm just just proud we made it back on, on everybody's account. You know, it's just a fun time and and something they'll never forget. And uh, just so proud he's gonna get up, be able to compete like he wants to do. And that's um, you'll have to ask him exactly how how much he's. But I know it just uh, you know it's a big big deal for him and all of us and, and everybody you know we got lots of kids that, that didn't get to play out there last year that's that'll be there this time so well coach you know, can... you, know, I, you, know I, you know i definitely rig for you guys because you know the one thing i noticed about this team this year they went through a diff, you know difficult year where the schedule was tough and there was teams that could beat them but somehow they found a way and you know and you have to pat those kids on the back and I guess sometimes you as a coach maybe sit back and go, you know, it's just amazing to watch these kids because, you know, I know as a coach this has to be a thrill, especially when you've got as many young players playing, is when that light comes on. You know, that's a special time because I know you see it in those kids' eyes when they get it. You know, that has to be, you know, kind of sort of warms your heart a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And the, and the amount of confidence they're going to have, you know, going forward next year and the experience they got, just, you know, there's nothing like that. And, and I think if we have a really good off season, you'll, you'll see a big difference in us next year. And, and uh, I hope that we, we execute things a little bit better and smoother. But uh, we'll see. It, it has been very special. Yeah, definitely. So, Randy, is there anything you want to add? No, Coach, I just want to wish you the best of luck and congratulations. And I know, you know, I might do a show with Sylvania, but uh, this week everybody everybody on Sand Mountain ought to be a five red devil. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it. Hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Thank well, you, Coach. Coach, I want to add one little, one little story here that, you know, you know, Coach Heath Benson, you know, he told me a story one time. When he was coaching me, he was head coaching me out ahead. He told me, he said, we were playing a road game. He said, I got so mad at my kid because every time we would have something bad happen, they'd just throw their hands up in the air and we'd spend all of our energy complaining about a holding call or a, or a procedure call. And he said, I just got I He said, I had it with him. He said, so after the game was over, I told him, I said, guys, you're spending all your energy level worried about penalties and things that shouldn't matter. He goes, he said, I want to tell you something. He goes, and I'm tired of it. He said, y'all wearing me out. I'm done with it. He said, look at five. He goes, when they get a penalty, you know what they do? They go back to the huddle, call the next play, and they get a first down. The penalty doesn't matter. And he said, I said, you know, and I, and I said, I said, well, I said that's a good, you know, good one to use because, but that shows you how much respect people have for fights. Well, that's just that's something that's a good, good point, and and I, I talk about things like that all the time, and things you can't do anything about, and one of them is the weather, and one of them is your <laughs> opponent. Sometimes you can't do anything about it, and officials you definitely can't do anything about. So, you know, uh, if you remember a championship game in twenty twenty, it. <laughs> I yeah. there's some things that didn't go our way and 
in some different areas. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember, I run into you after that. It's kind of heartbreaking. Well, no, we won this game. I'm oh, I thought you were talking about, you know, uh, okay, yeah. Oh, no, it's the one we won was behind, but there's a couple calls, you know. That, but you can't do anything about it. They're humans, too, and they're going to make mistakes just like we do, and coaches and players do. And you can get frustrated and start having an excuse instantly, or you can shut up and go to work and start playing and play it to the end, and, and that's all you can do. Yeah, you know, Jim Kirby used to tell us when I played, he goes, guys, when we went to a certain area, I'm not going to bring out the way that is, <laughs> but he would say, guys, he goes, when we get over there, we're down seven to nothing. He said, I don't want to hear any complaining about the officials. If you're good enough, you're going to win. That's right. That's exactly right. You'll, uh, you'll find a way. Yeah. So, uh, well, Coach, it's great talking to you. Uh, and I know a lot of times we don't get to talk to you this late in the year. The school board gets over with, but you know, I hope you guys have a great time. Bring back home that trophy once again. I know the community is going to be there to support you, and you know, and passing on the game. You know, I'm just I'm proud of these kids. You know, I think Absolutely. I really do think I wouldn't call it overachieved, but I think they met they met their maximum potential. <laughs> no doubt, there is no doubt. Yes, sir. And I appreciate y'all having, having me on, and uh, maybe we'll we'll represent the county well. Yeah, if you win, coach, we sure do appreciate it. Coach, have you, a great Christmas. If you win, Coach okay. Howie might buy you a bigger clipboard for next year. Yeah, I need a I need a bigger chalkboard right in place, though. Yes, sir. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> See y'all. See ya. Bill, there is uh, there's few that uh, that has accomplished what Coach has, and you know what? I, I, and I didn't mention it, but you know, Coach Van doing his weekly show talks about how many times coach Benefield will talk to him and they're competitors, but he, he's also someone that a lot of coaches from the area go and they, they ask his opinion and want his ear just about their program. That says a whole yeah. lot. Yeah. Well, you know, I know one, at one time he went down and helped O'Hatchie and, uh, you know, with the offense he runs, he helped O'Hatchie and O'Hatchie nearly beat him playoffs because i nearly paid for you know giving you know helping them out he said uh, he said but you know and, and i'm sure he likes to you know spread it around uh, yes yeah, you know he understands everybody else wants to win too and uh, you know F you know feisty's got a, they've just got a special program things going well for them it's just amazing to me how they're able to maintain this year after year after year because you you, know, you see all the time teams will come up they'll be good two or three years and then they drop off uh, but it's amazing how Fife has been able to maintain uh, what they've done. You know, one of the things that uh, we had coach on uh, over the summer, Phil, and one, or last two summers ago, one of the things he talked about then was him becoming a better coach and some of the lessons that he learned as a young coach, uh, you know, at Sylvania and at Fife. Uh, you know, this, this wasn't an easy journey for him to get where he's at. He, he had a few heartbreaking losses early on that uh, I think if you went and gave this Paul Benefield that same team, they'd probably come away with that state title. Yeah, you know, you probably very well could. You know, of course, you know, Logan Anderson, he, you know, his dad and uncle both played for Coach Benefield. Yes. Sylvania, and they were outstanding players. I mean, you know, they were top-notch uh, 
so, you know, he's kind of continued in dad and uncle's footsteps. Absolutely. And Logan has. And, uh, uh, you know, has, has really made, has taken that team to a, a higher level. But, you know, I, I think, you know, you know, he was hurt. And Coach wanted to nurse him along first the year when I talked to him in the preseason. He didn't help him yet. He said, I'm going to nurse him along because I'm going to need him later in the year. And that's definitely been true. You know, he's their bell cow. And, and it's nice to see him stay healthy and get to play in this championship game because I know it was heartbreaking not to get to play last year. And, and what a football player he is. And, and you know, uh, and you covered it well uh, with Tucker, uh, but, you know, Tucker's next generation of, uh, of of that five football and, you know, just a freshman and already you see his name on all state list and all, you know, just, he's an amazing young player. Yeah. Tucker Wilkes, you come out. Yes. Yeah. He was, of course he was all state as a freshman and a sophomore. He's now a junior. Of course he'll be all state again, but Oh yeah. That's two players to kind of build your program around. Uh, but if the younger guys hadn't stepped up, they would not be where they're no. at. So, no, you know, think... that's a tribute to the that's a tribute to the older guys too, because they took them guys under their wing and made them better. Because you know it's hard when you got young guys because mentally uh, it's tough on them. So somebody has to encourage them more than ridicule them. They have to be to me a young guy needs to be encouraged more than he needs to be yelled at. Uh, now, when you get to be juniors and seniors, sometimes you need somebody to get in the grill. Uh, but a lot of times when you're younger, I think more of the positive, uh, and that's where the players come in, is, is make it positive for the young guys. Absolutely. And, and now, Phil, uh, of course, we've kind of talked about Alabama. Do you have that um, Super 7 list of all the teams that's playing this week? Oh, who I'll play? Yeah, yes. I've got it. Uh it, let's see, let, let me see if I can kind of go in order. It starts on Wednesday night, of course, the 7A state championship. Of course, they didn't play. They have one less round because there's only uh, 32 teams in class yes. uh, 7A. So Thompson at 7 o'clock on Wednesday will play Central of Phoenix City. Uh, Thompson's 11-1, Central Phoenix City is 12-0. And, and then on Thursday, there's three games. The first one is class 3A. And that is Madison Academy, who beat Geraldine 48-43. They will take on Mobile Christian. Mobile Christian is 14-0. And they'll play at 11 o'clock Thursday. And then on Thursday afternoon at 3, I scan down here and find that. Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock, it'll be the 1A final, which is Coosa Christian, which is one of our area teams here. Coach O'Brien and uh, Conquerors. Uh, beat Pickens County 20-21-12, got a little revenge. Pickens County beat them last year on the last play. They'll get to take on the Leroy Bears. Leroy is 13-0. and They beat Elba 27-24. Elba was ranked number one, but Leroy uh, put, on, put on the surprise and beat them 27-24. So Cusa Christian will play Leroy at 3 p.m. on Thursday. And then in the nightcap, it will be the 5A finals. And this will be Ramsey. Ramsey beat Gunnersville. 35-14. They're now 12-2, and two, and they will take on the number one team in Class 5A, which is Gulf Shores, who is now 14-0. and 0. This is their first title game, but they're 14-0. It's a relatively new school, uh, but they're now 14-0. They beat Ufala 45 to nothing, so they'll play Thursday night at 7. Then we jump to Friday, uh, which getting it started on Friday at 11 a.m. will be the 4A final, which is Cherokee County. Um, oh, what a year they've had. They beat Westminster 50-6, to six and, and 
they got out to an early start, got an early turnover, and beat Westminster big. They're now 13-1. and one. They'll pay, take on a very good team in Montgomery Catholic. Montgomery Catholic beat Booker T. Washington 28 to nothing. They're 14 now. Of course, that's at 11 o'clock Friday. Then comes five, shut down five town, uh, because they're going to be headed to Tuscaloosa. They're now 13 and one. They beat, of course, beat Pisgah 32 to 14. And what was a good game? Five was up eight nothing at half, got up 16 nothing, but then Pisgah scored, then five scored, then Pisgah had a chance to get within eight at 24 16, but they didn't get the two point conversion in that. Kind of was the difference there because Fife added a late touchdown to kind of put it away. But that was a good defensive football game. Uh, Pisgah had to change things up a little bit, but you know you can't take nothing away from them. What a great year they had, twelve and two. But Fife at three o'clock will play Real Town. Real Town beat BB Comer in overtime, thirty-one twenty-eight. And I don't know if you knew this or not, Randy, but they went into overtime, tied twenty-eight twenty-eight. Realtown got the ball first, kicked the field goal, went up by three. But then B.B. Comer had their chance. And on fourth down, they decided to kick field goal to send it into the next overtime with a field goal hit the upright. Oh, wow. So uh, they lost in a heartbreaker, 31-28. So that leads Realtown to against five. And you heard Coach Pennefield say it, that Realtown does have a good football team. I got told this earlier year, don't be surprised if B.B. Comer loses to Realtown. And it turned out to be true. I can't remember who told me that. It is in the midseason. And so we were looking for Realtown, B.B. Comer, Pisgah 5 to be that final four. And that's the way it worked out. So uh, uh, they, then they will play, of course, at 3 o'clock. And then the nightcap will be the 6A final on Friday. And that will be Clay Chalkville. Now we'll take on Sarah Land. You talk about a good one. There's going to be there are several D1 players going to be playing in this game. Uh, Sarah Land, I know, has an Alabama, well, at least one Alabama commit that's really good. Uh, this is full of all stars. This will be an all star game, basically. Sarah Land beat Pike Road 46 to 7, and Clay Chop will be Parker. Parker's good. 38-13, so it'll be Clay Chalkwell 13-0 against Sarah Land 14-0. And I don't know that Sarah Land, I, I, I would be willing to bet, coming into this game, are probably, they are probably the best team in the state of Alabama. You know, that Sarah Land team beat Lipscomb earlier in the year when Deuce Knight, the Notre Dame commit, was their starting quarterback. And also, uh, I was reading some stats in my little work for Rivals. Sarah Land's quarterback has 62 touchdown passes this year. That's just unreal. That is unreal uh, what he's done uh, so far this year. You know, and, and of course, you know, we didn't talk about this, you know, with Logan Anderson for five. You know, I think he's over 2,500 yards now. And God, I don't know how many touchdowns he scored, but I think he's up around 2,500 yards. And that's at the early part of the season. He was kind of being nursed along. Most yeah. of this has been toward the end of the year. Yeah. Well, Phil, um, I do want to throw in a couple of Georgia's. You know, we kind of got some teams in the area that's going to be in the Georgia Dome play. And uh, I won't go through all the Georgia uh, uh, games, but they play, if you're interested, in uh, Monday – Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, the 12th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. And the two teams of interest to me, us, is 1A Division Two. Bowden will play Manchester on Monday night, December 11th at 7 o'clock in Mercedes-Benz Dome. 
what what a special thing for those young men. And then yeah, yeah I, I saw I kind of, that popped up on the internet on me that Bowden was going to be playing. I think you you may have posted that that Bowden was going to be playing, and I didn't realize they had gotten this far. And also, uh, Rockmark, the Yellow Jackets, they play on Tuesday at one o'clock in the two A finals against Pierce County. So, uh, and if you you know you talk about that Saryland game, if you want to go see that version in Georgia, that's Wednesday night in the four A finals, uh, not to our region, but. Uh, Atlanta area, Creekside, of course, the home of James Berry and Eric Berry and Elliot Berry. Um, Coffee takes Creekside. Creekside, undoubtedly the best team in Georgia. So that's one you could go watch and have a lot of fun uh, with if you're in that area. In the Georgia area. Yes, sir. And it'd be nice to be able to go down and watch all those. I mean, I, I... I wish I had time to go down and watch all the games down in uh, Tuscaloosa. It'd be a lot of fun, but it's just a part to travel, and I have to work a lot. You know, a lot of the days. You know, it'd be nice to be able to go enjoy all that because uh, you know to watch these teams play. Because you know, in our neck of the woods, you know, we've got Coosa Christian and Fife and um, uh, Cherokee County, and then we just barely missed on either Sylvania or Geraldine down there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Academy come back to beat Sylvania and Geraldine uh, when you felt like both Sylvania and Geraldine both had it in their grasp and it just yes, kind of slipped away. Yes, sir. Well, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Uh, but, you know, it's just kind of the way uh, football goes. You know, we talked about this last year with Coach Fan. You know, he may have a better team this year, but the luck not go your way and you not get to the semifinals. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, yeah. Uh, as good or better team this year, uh, but sometimes you have to have a little lady luck, and sometimes it don't fall your way. And, and both, I really felt like both had a Madison Academy kind of where they wanted them at different points in the game, Phil. Um, I do want to jump up Tennessee for a minute, and Tennessee's over, Phil. And uh, unfortunately, I had the flu, and I didn't get to go as many games or see as many, but I was able to watch most of them. What a weekend in Chattanooga of high school football. It was unreal good, Phil. Well, I know you had sent me that Baylor McCauley had pre-sold 16,000 tickets. Did they ever say how many was actually? They uh, they estimated second largest crowd in Finley history to uh, the national championship game uh, was only, well, the several of the championship games were sellouts, but uh, the only, the biggest crowd other than the national championship game, uh, 17,500 was total gate. And, and that doesn't include media. Uh, and, yeah. and what a game they saw uh, as Macaulay ekes out over Baylor on Thursday night, 34-28. Uh, no doubt Macaulay's the best team in the state of Tennessee. No doubt Baylor's the second best team in the state of Tennessee. So you're probably counting, if you count everybody was there, you're probably pushing toward 18,000. Absolutely. Time you count players and coaches and everybody involved, there's probably about 18,000 close to it witnessing the game. And it turned out to be like it should have been, uh, a, a great a classic. You know, I know in the first half it was a shootout. In the second half, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great game. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so I would love to have been able to watch myself, but you know me, I get, I've been used to being in a studio, and if teams aren't playing in a dome, I don't do so well this time of year. Well, Phil, uh, on Thursday night, too, uh, uh, of course, that was a nightcap. Earlier in that night, earlier Thursday, uh, locally, Boyd Buchanan loses to CPA. CPA, three straight championships in a row. Uh, you know, we talked about Boyd all year, but it was something we didn't talk about, Boyd was playing three true freshmen in that defense uh, field. And Gary Rankin, 17 state titles, young, young Boyd Buchanan team, probably a year before they should be there, plays Engel Martin, former Florida quarterback, and loses 35-13. And, and in the middle game, two Nashville area teams, Middle Tennessee Christian beats Friendship Christian 28-13. But that really set that tone for that uh, that that weekend. Yeah, definitely, definitely sound like I'm here because Boyd Buchanan – even though they got beat, you know, they were a sound football team. And it's just amazing that ranking was 17 and 7 in finals. Yes. Uh, matchups or something like that. It's just amazing what he's done as a coach. Uh, you know, you know, and, and I know sometimes, you know, you go to the schools and you're able to get players to come to you and whatnot. But just to, to build a program and get kids to come play for you, and you don't keep coaching unless – you know, just like with Coach Benefield, if the kids keep coming out and playing and, and want to play for him and are successful, he's going to keep coaching. That's yeah. like Mike Robertson down at Southside. He's the same way. He goes, as long as the kids will come out and play for me, I'm going to keep coaching. And so I think that's what happens in programs like this. And and, and it has to be, you know, a spillover of, yeah, the coaches are tough. I'm sure Coach Rankin's tough. Coach Benefield's tough. But these kids, feast, you know, they feast off of that. I mean, it Absolutely. used to be routine, and they understand what he expects. And a lot of times, they don't have to do a lot of coaching. You know, they just call the plays. The kids do all the work because they already know what's expected of them. It, you're exactly right. And and strangely, on Friday, Alcoa, without Coach Rankin, wins their 17th up team million title, handling East Nashville for the third time in a row. Uh, Alcoa with title 163 over in East Nashville, 42 to 20. But yeah, it's, just, it's amazing, you know. And I, you know, it, it kind of what you know, because in Tennessee, a lot of teams will ask to play up. I wonder why they don't do that. Uh, well, I know for a fact that Upperman's playing up to be out of 4A to, to be in 4A, which they will talk about Upperman losing in the 4A title game just because they Alcoa could win 4A, 5A. Easy. Yeah, I, I have no doubt Alcoa wins 4A, 5A. Uh, I think uh, 6A, they'd struggle with uh, just an absolutely great Houston team. Uh, but I, I think they win 4A, 5A, and they should play up. Um, yeah, I would say so, too. And, you know, Houston beat a team, you know, and you, you don't sneeze at, and that's Oakland. Yeah, uh, who, who beat Bradley Central. They're good year after year. But Phil, the highlight of Friday was the first game, um, and I know I've talked to you on and off a little bit about it, uh, and, and I just wanted to bring it up because uh, we are going to do something special with the South Pittsburgh team, uh, and our our friend Calvin Gilly had an interception in the fourth quarter that absolutely sealed the game for the Pirates. 
The Pirates win their seventh state title, 14-7, over a very good, very stout McKenzie team. But seeing the game, you almost, you know, I, I feel the same way when I watch Fife. You know how you see Fife just kind of beat a team into submission? You kind of yeah. felt like South Pittsburgh just kind of wore McKenzie into submission. Uh, lose their starting quarterback, who was very, very, shouldn't probably be playing if it was regular season. Go single wing, Phil, in the third and fourth quarter with James Furrier or Jamon Furrier at quarterback, Furrier, and just absolutely beat on McKenzie until they score a couple of touchdowns late and beat McKenzie 14 to 7. Yeah, it's amazing. You have to change things up at midstream. Uh, and, you know, you get out of character. But, you know, when you get like that, Randy, I think that's the best thing to do is line up and run right at somebody because they're not ready for you to do that, number one. And number two, that helps your kids' intensity level because they kind of sort of look around each other. Okay, what are we going to do? All right, guys, we're going to line it up and we're going to run right at them. And you guys, it's going to be simple. Go yeah. up and block, you know. And, you know, and I remember back when I played, we would do some things, and if Coach Curry felt we lost our intensity, he just made us line up and run right at people. He, you know, and, that's, yeah, and that's tough on the offensive line, but that brings up that intensity level. Uh, yeah. You forget about because if you're running right at somebody, you better be intense because it's going to be a long night and you got to gut it out. Yeah, and I, we, we just want to – I think you're 100% right. And I just want to shout out uh, Coach Gilly, Coach uh, – Coach Stone, the whole staff over at South Pittsburgh. Um, Phil, you know, they were on a mission this year and got it done. It, you know, uh, I, I think it's a challenge when you're like Coach Benefield was this year and probably came a year early and he had yeah. challenges. But there's also some stress to being wire-to-wire -wire number one in the state, you know. And I think everybody would have said South Pittsburgh was wire-to-wire -wire number one in the state. Yeah, yeah. Then you know those expectations are up there, and you know, and you know, of course, when you have people go down, you can't help. And this is what Coach Pruitt said at Pisgah when they lost to Oakland. Hey, you, you can't reset everything. You just have to play with the cards you're dealt, and you just have to make it happen. And you know, and that's what happened with South Pittsburgh. You just have to kind of sit back and change things up a little bit and uh, change your course. And sometimes you have to do that, you know, because it's not ever going to be easy not winning a state championship. No, and and we had kind of tentatively talked about Thursday. I think we'll have to move that into next week as the town's doing a lot for the football team this week. So I'll get with you on schedule that up. But we'll have – want to make sure to try to get Cam Wellington and a couple of the players on here and just talk about this journey they went on. Yeah, yeah, because it's special, you know, and, it, and it's special winning. But, you know, like I say, when you sit back from it, winning that trophy is nice. But when these kids kind of sort of sinks in a little bit, uh, the relationships, the memories, uh, these guys you go to war with, and, and night after night, Friday on Fridays when you're working out in the rape room, that's what makes the run special. And when these kids get finished playing football, that's what they will miss. It isn't winning the football games. What they'll miss is the relationship with the people, not only their players, but with the cheerleaders, your uh, 
fans and all that stuff. That's the things you miss when you quit playing football. Uh, wins are important, but it's the relationships you make that really ultimately lasts a lifetime. Well, Phil, uh, it, it, you know, it, you're 100% right, and that's – I don't know that they always know that, but they will learn it at some point. Oh, yeah, it sinks in. It, it, it sinks in. Just like I said, when I walked off that field last time, hey, this is the last time I put this uniform on. This is it. I'm done. I'll never do this again. And then it dawns on you. Well, that's what, what, that's what, what this wasn't about. This was about making memories. That This is about the relationships – and you know, and, and it just hit me. It says you're going to cherish this for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know, and I think going through what I've been through, and then I get to be on school board on Friday nights and share some stories. You know, sometimes you you get caught up in you know you'll watch media people, and you think you never played a down in your life. You never played basketball in your life. Of course, I, I never I didn't play much organized basketball either. But the thing is, when you've been there and you've seen it. Uh, you can share stories, and, you know, and when you haven't been there, there's some things you miss and you don't know. You just go by what people tell you. But when you experience it and you know what these kids go through, uh, you know, it's just the ultimate. I mean, you know, I guarantee you from South Pittsburgh, when that final horn went off, I mean, the weight of the world went off those kids yeah. uh, because the pressure's been on all year. And, you know, and I guarantee you, every one of them just wanted to jump for joy. And because finally, we can actually celebrate, and the coaches are going to let us do whatever we want to now. Yeah. Uh, if we want to go nuts and rip the carpet up, we can do it now because, you know, we did what we set out to do. And, you know, and, and it's, you know, it, it, it's just a wonderful feeling for those kids. It was. And, and I, I'm so proud of them. Uh, Friday night also had a guest celebrity show up at the Finley Stadium field for the Knox Webb Page game. Uh, you know, you always see thousands of coaches, but uh, roaming the sidelines as his daughter is a student at Page was none other than my dear friend, Jelly Roll, was at the state championship game as Page loses the Knox Webb. 24 to 19, but as I understand, Jelly's uh, daughter is a a sophomore at Page, and he came over and supported the program to close out Friday night. Yeah, I saw that picture, and I thought, dang, you know, you know people just comes out of everywhere. Yep. And you don't know what links them, you know, and you, you find out the story, but you're not, you know, people's link, and it's amazing how that works out. And uh, so, yeah, that, it's a little bit of an extra special uh for them. But, you know, I, I wonder if they're going to keep the state championships in Chattanooga for a long time because it seems to be working out pretty good. They, they need to. They yeah. need to. Absolutely, 100%. It, it was, you know, uh, 50,000 people attended the, over three days. That, that's a lot of folks, Phil, to see high school yeah, football. Is, is, is that better than it's ever been? I know I went to Nashville a few times I would, uh, when it was there. Uh, and it's good crowd draw, especially with the big scoes. But uh, I can't—I don't know if there's ever that much. Yeah. Of course, I mean, you got a lot more classifications now. Back at that time, there was three classifications. Yeah. Well, and you know, and Saturday uh, was just a, a, a trash day to play football, but they still had a good crowd over there Saturday. 
for uh, Pearl Cone, who beat Upperman 36 to 27. Former Sequatchie County head coach uh, Adam Kane, of course, at Upperman now. And then Riverside beat uh, East Robertson, who eliminated most of this area's 2A teams. 13 to 7, but all in all was a great great weekend. And I don't know. I think Chattanooga for sure has it one more year, Phil. But that's something they need to look. And I think, you know, they talk about travel for some of the Middle Tennessee schools and West Tennessee schools. I don't know that it isn't just as far for them to travel to Cookville where it's been for the last five or six years as it is Chattanooga. And I know the roads getting to Chattanooga is better than Cookville. Well, you know, but you know, I think you know, especially when you got kids coming from the Memphis area that's probably never been to Chattanooga. Uh, you know, that's a great experience for them to get to come to a city that has a lot of tourism. Yeah, because I'm because I'm sure while they're here, they get to do a few things, and their families while they're here probably spend two or three days, and they go do some things around town. And Chattanooga is such a great tourist area for uh, Tennessee. You know, it, it, there's a lot to do. Yeah, it's a, it's a city and, and uh, not a lot of country around, but there's a lot of things to see, a lot of things to do, a lot of good places to eat. Uh, it's just a great town for high school football. And, you know, and Finley showed well. Uh, Finley's a, a, a nice facility if anybody's not been there. It's really, I think more than UTC, that thing is built for high school football, the way it's laid out. It is perfect for high school football. You are downtown Chattanooga, you, you know, and you just really, it's a special feeling. Uh, and, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the mocks losing the FCS playoffs. But second-round appearance for the mocks lose to Furman. But uh, it's been a great weekend of football. And uh, next Monday, I guess we'll talk about Alabama State Championships. Looks like uh, I'm going to spend my weekend trying to, Get it on the radio and listen. To, I know uh, the five game. Uh, it, I know the fun radio crew out of uh, uh, that has done their games all year will be live with the five yeah. game. Yeah, ninety two seven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they yeah, they will be there. Uh, so, and of course, I know WEIS out of center will cover um, Cherokee County. Uh, Cherokee County, and then WGAD. And Gadsden will cover Cusa Christian. Uh, so, so you know, we'll have flagships uh, for the teams around here that gets to the finals. I know those three. Uh, of course, you know, here in Alabama, you watch it on TV. Uh, it comes on public television. So you get to watch them. I watched five last year. That's a good thing about not you not being able to go. I can at least get home in time to watch five play. Yeah. And I don't want to see that because I, I, you know, I want to see real town uh, play. You know, and I'd like to see that Cusa. And Leroy game, or Kusa and uh, not Leroy, but uh, yeah, it's Leroy. The Leroy, Leroy. Bears. I noticed that I seen a guy on the internet. Was, I, I, you may have posted it, that running back that was running the football and they're in the black pants and the yes. black sleeve jerseys and black helmets. I said, if that ain't intimidating, I don't know what is. Absolutely. Uh, just the uniform, the way they're used, I said, that guy, that, that's an intimidating look uh so, <laughs> so but uh, you know Leroy's good anyway I mean they don't need to be intimidated they just that uniform just looks intimidating and, and for the folks that that don't join you know that join us just for uh uh the the shows 
uh, we do a pretty good job repping high school football in Tennessee and Alabama and Georgia on the, the River City Media Facebook page. So come on there and look, post some articles. Uh, our boy Jeremy Johnson follows Fife, and, of course, Howie Chaney always follows Sylvania. And and, and you just tell me, and I'll, I'll put you on there in a minute, and you can represent your team if you want to post articles yeah. or do something. Yeah, especially statistics and things like that, because it's always good on the scoreboard show. We get stats. There's several people that send us stats, and it gives us a little storyline. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you get toward the end of the show, and it adds a lot to the show, because you want to mention kids if you've got something to mention about, you know. Uh, you know, it was when people do, you know, and yeah, and Jeremy Johnson, he does a great job with Fife. I've run into him several times, and um, uh, I know he, you know, he takes a lot of us, and we think a lot of him, and they do a great job covering Fife football, and, um, uh, and, and you know, that's good because that community uh, really surrounds itself around Fife football. You know, because, uh, you, you know, it's the, you know, the big red machine, so. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but uh, you know, I hated it for Pisgah losing because what a great year they had, and you know they deserve to be there just as much as Fife does because uh, what a great year they had. You know, and, and Sylvania probably bowed out earlier than they meant to. Geraldine had an opportunity to get to the finals. Uh, Gunnersville had a great year uh, from around yeah. here. They surprised Pleasant Grove. Uh, it's just that uh, you know things just didn't go their way in, in the semifinals. Had they got a mature lead, you know, because that's a tough place to play, uh, especially when the community turns out over at Gunnersville. Uh, but it was good that, you know, Coosa had their problems in the middle of the season, but uh, they ratted the ship and they've made their way down to the finals. Uh, but you got to root for these kids and the communities. Because, Absolutely. You know, you know, it's a lot of fun for them. Uh, you know, the community probably has as much or more fun than the players do. Well, and it's it's not always, and that's what I've told people about the college football uh, expanding. It's not always the number one seed that's there over in, you know, just look at East Robertson. I know they lost in the 2A state championship, but East Robertson was a two seed when they came to Jasper and beat Marion County and make it all the way to the finals, you know. That's a great story. Yeah, oh, definitely so. I mean, they hit their stride at the right time. Uh, you know, and that happens. You don't know who's going to get hot at the right time and, and make a run at it. You know, yeah. it's happened. Now, well, that Booker T. Washington bunch then from Tuskegee, mm-hmm. they got to the semifinals. They were 6-4 and four going to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And they so- worked their way and won three games. Of course, they run into a buzzsaw. Uh, in the semifinals, they got beat twenty-eight nothing by Montgomery Catholic, but that's nothing to sneeze at because Montgomery Catholic's very, very good. Somebody uh, Booker T. Washington is one of those teams that kind of overachieved. I think somebody in those first three or four years of having twelve teams will make a run in college football that shocks the nation. But you know, I've I've said here, Phil, I've said on River City Media in written. The fourteen playoff is trash versus the high school football playoff to crown the champion. It is the yeah. most exciting thing to watch uh, these last five weeks in the state of Tennessee. Every week was exciting. Every week we had an upset. You know, there's teams like Sequatchie that you haven't thought about in three weeks, but you know they were in a hair breadth of beating number one Megs. You know, yeah. there's great stories every week. 
yeah, and you know, of course, we'll touch on this a little bit, but you know, the final four in the college playoffs, uh, it kind of puts a damper on things because there's so many people upset about who got in there. Absolutely. You know, to me, that's what I picked. You know, I, you know, I said that if Georgia won, Alabama's out, of course, and, you know, and I had my picks, but if Alabama won, the exact four I thought. Would that, would that would turn out to be because Florida State's quarterback got hurt. And everybody yep. says, that shouldn't matter. I said, well, it mattered last year. It did. I said, when TCU was the battle with it, everybody was wanting to throw Alabama in that. Well, Tennessee beat Alabama head-to-head, and they smothered LSU. Well, Alabama lost to LSU also. I know we lost to South Carolina, but the reason we weren't mentioned in that final argument is because Hendon Hooker got hurt. Yeah, finished six behind had Alabama. If Hooker had stayed healthy, we would have probably been ahead in the fuss uh, yeah. in that had he been healthy. So we got penalized. Yeah, absolutely. If you really look at it, we weren't even talked about. You know, and it's just, it is what it is. And I hate <laughs> it for Florida State, but you can't have five or six teams that's not fixed that way yet. And 12 is not yeah, even enough. Everybody will say, well, Georgia's one of the best four. Yeah, but yeah. they lost at the wrong time. You yeah. know, and the thing was, I said, but you know, you got to figure the Washington-Oregon game, that was a playoff game. The loser's not getting in the winner wheel. The Georgia, they ended up being Georgia and Alabama, that was a playoff game. If Texas had not been Oklahoma, beaten Oklahoma State, they wouldn't have been in there. So it got here at the end. It was playoff games. Yep. Even though there was eight teams involved, it turned out to be playoff games at the end. It just fell that way. And well, you know, and I hate it for uh, Florida State because they deserve to be there. But I'm still. How can you leave an SEC team out of the top four? And nobody wants to play Ohio State. Oregon or Georgia right now, who would all be there next year in a 12 team playoff? And nobody wants to play them right now. They're, they're, yeah, they're, you're right. Yeah, you're exactly right. So, and, uh, so it just, it just happened out this way. But now next year, of course, you're going to still have the fuss over the 12 through 16 that thinks they should have gotten in and all that stuff. You're going to have that. But at least your best elite teams will be. Absolutely. I, I think we can. I think if the uh, uh, the fuss was does Oklahoma or LSU get in at number twelve, it would be a yeah. lot less than if uh, a thirteen and zero SEC or ACC champion got left out. And yeah, because you know if, if you had number twelve say it was LSU or Oklahoma, you would expect them to run the table anyway. They might win one playoff game, but it's going to be tough yeah. because they don't get a bye in the first round. So. If you got left out, it's not as damaging as it is this year. And, you know, that really, it puts a damper on college football because people's angry. Yeah. You know, yeah. they really are angry. And I can understand everybody's point. Uh, but, I, you know, man, when it comes down to me, is you can't leave an SEC team out. Then how can you put Georgia in against Alabama? No, you can't. Okay, you can't. You, you have to put Texas in. Texas beat Alabama. Who beat Georgia? So you got to put Texas in. And, and Texas is undefeated. They were an underdog against Oregon. And, and they're unbeaten. Yeah. They're in. You know, somehow they found a way. And, uh, of course, Michigan's done what they're supposed to do. Because, I mean, you can ditch their schedule if you want to get a, get a real argument about it. But yeah. the thing is, 
what made the Pac-10 ahead of everybody is everybody was, oh, this is going to be the best year for the Pac-10. Everybody was banking on USC. So when USC failed, you had, they, the media had to jump on somebody's bandwagon. So it made it look like the Pac-10 had better teams than, say, the SEC and ACC had because of the media. And it's a stereotype where usually the SEC and ACC is way above the Pac-12. The, you know, yep. uh, but it just so happened this year, they were getting the media early. And, even, and Alabama lost to Texas early, and they had a mountain to climb. Absolutely. And they did. They had to be, they had to be perfect. And, and, and was behind Tennessee at half and needed a fourth yeah. and 31 to beat Auburn. And they did every yeah. bit of it. So, yeah. So, yeah. well, Phil, yeah. we'll, and you're going you're gonna to say sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Absolutely. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Phil, it's been a great week of football. And I think we'll have another great week of football coming up with uh, all the games in Alabama. And I'm sure Monday we'll have a ton to talk about. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, yeah, especially because we've got some local teams here in the finals. Uh, yep. That makes it a little extra special, a little you know, a little more to keep up with. Because sometimes you look back, well, you'll have one team down there. Well, this year we've got three. Yeah. Uh, so from this, from our coverage area, but you know, scoreboard was a lot of fun this year. I think me and Jeff probably had more fun than we've ever had because uh, the team did so well. We had a lot to talk about later part of the season. Because a lot of times it was kind of a grinded out show, but this year. You know, so many teams did well. We had a lot to talk about. And we're getting a lot more people to send us stats and information, and it gives us more to talk about, which adds a lot to the show. And that's what helps about getting out in the community and, you know, knowing people. You know, because like three weeks ago, we had six coaches call. Last week, we had five coaches call. Or a week before, I said five coaches call. You know, that says a lot about the interest in high school football in Northeast Alabama because they wanted to be on the show. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and that's a tribute to the show. And, you know, and it's a first rate staff. Everybody, you know, does their part. We try to be accurate. We try to be on money with all the scores. We double check. And, and you know, because we don't want to get out of any false information if we can help it. Sometimes in live radio, it happens. Uh, but, you know, it's always fun. I finished up my 16th year and I'm already looking forward to next August. Me too. And, uh, you know, those state championships are few and far between. 32 years of radio, and I still haven't called a winning game yet. So, no. well, I got to call one championship game in football in the finals. Lost. Uh, I, I called two. Just, get, just getting to be there is something special. I called two and got beaten both of them. So, But for Phil Harris, for Randall Cunningham, this is beyond the booth. We'll see you next Monday. And, God, it was great to have Coach uh, been a Phil on Phil. Yeah, def- definitely so. He, you know, he, he's top notch. He, you know, he loves to talk about the kids and community and all that stuff. Not necessarily. He's, he don't much like to talk about himself. Of course, I guess we could throw the Packers at him or something. I started to, but Howie Chaney got my question about the Packers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Howie had a good question, though, about the clipboard. That's good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. There's one thing about there's one thing you can't holler at Coach Benefield is you know when the people in the stands are holler, hey Coach, turn the page. Well, he's only got one page. Uh, well, he's only got. So, a, I start to ask him yeah. if he's got a cliff note. Yeah. All right, buddy. No good to turn the page because there's not nothing on the other side. That's absolutely it. Yeah.
For Phil Harris, for Randall Cunningham, we'll see you next week. And this is Beyond the Booth, your weekly high school football magazine.